words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. William Ernest Henley was the most profound poet in his generation. And this poem you just listened to is called Invictus. Shaped the paradigm of the whole world in his generation. And even up till now, the Stoics hold on to this paradigm. This paradigm that I can be what I want to be. This paradigm that I am the captain of my soul. This paradigm that nothing, nothing ever moves me. That under the bludgeonings of chance and under whatever terrors hides the night, I am not afraid. I don't wince, I don't bow. I am totally unafraid. Incredible poetry, you would say. So that's actually the work of a guy called William Ernest Henley that you just listened to. And he leads us to the four lies that the whole world believes. Four lies we believe. There are many things that drive our thinking and many of them are rooted in these half-truths but also lies. I wish they were flat-out lies then it would have been okay and easily found out. But because they are half-truths, they eventually end up becoming vicious lies that hurt people. Lie number one. You can't know the truth. There are so many religions. So how do you know which is the truth? According to Buddhism, Buddha is the ultimate. According to Hinduism, salvation is nirvana. And when you keep on being reincarnated in the wheel of samsara. You keep on being born and you die. Eventually, you escape from the wheel of samsara in an event called moksha. When moksha happens, you become one with the divine soul and you and Buddha becomes one and you become united and that is nirvana when you are broken out of the wheel of samsara. See how beautiful it sounds, right? Allah had sent his messengers all through, including one called Isa Anebi. And when Isa Anebi had come, Isa Anebi was one of the fine prophets of Allah, but he was not the sent one. He was born of Virgin Mary. He died, but he's not coming back. So Allah said he would send another comforter, and that comforter is Muhammad. So the giant, the Baha'i faith also believe like there is no creed, there is no rule that is bigger than finding yourself. And you are the center of your universe. Whatever your practice, come to the Baha'i temple. 
We are united. We allow everyone to come and sit together with us. We do not discriminate. So worship at the Baha'i table. The grill messengers also said, there is the perfect light. What if the one, what if all you known is wrong? What if all you believed is not the truth? And there is, and there is another way. And what if this way is the light of truth as given by Abdul Rushin? These are the world religions and these are the theories of men. And they said that we can't know truth because so many people have their own way. If you are born in Saudi Arabia, how, and you grew up in the middle of Islam, how will you become one who knows Jesus Christ or follows his path? So you are a Christian merely because of where you are born. So you can't know truth. And modern society has bought into this confusion that you can't know truth. But the difference between all religions and Jesus and following Jesus is this. He makes categorical claims. He makes categorical claims that don't give room for anyone else. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He makes claim to say he is the truth. Either he is lying or he is truthful. No other teacher has that categorical expression, has that categorical knowledge. And people try to query the Bible and say the Bible is not true, it's been adulterated, so we don't know it's true. There is no other historical books that has the number of copies that the Bible has. You know, we're talking about jars of clay today. When the Qumran community was discovered, they discovered a whole civilization with papyrus in clay jars. Millions and millions of them. Or let's say thousands and thousands of them. Altogether, the collection of the Bible is known as the most preserved historical book ever. There's no other book that comes even close. The Bible has over hundreds of thousands of manuscripts and all of them agree. So forget that lie that the Bible is not consistent. It's been consistent in all its forms, whether Greek, Aramaic, all the original translations. Forget that argument. You can know the truth. And he said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You can know the truth. But there is a continuing in the word that is demanded. There is an application of yourself that is demanded. Casual engagement will not help you know the truth. You wonder why a whole generation cannot know the truth of God. Casual engagement. When you touch the world and touch God in tacit, in small steps, what happens to you is that you don't have retention. Retention is like magnet. The more you rub off a magnet, the more magnetic you become. The more you rub off on the Spirit of God, the more like the Spirit of God you become. You can know the truth. 
You can't retain the truth. You can't be convicted of the truth. You can't be convinced of the, convinced of the truth. So these pluralists, these pluralists, before I become an umbra, this pluralist worldview that you can't know the truth is not true. Can I tell you something? Sorry, which you know now. <laughs> Don't blacklist me. Oh, now we we. <laughs> No, it's actually Benue State that has the uh, the TV, my brothers from Tivland that has the R, the R and the L factors the most. They go like, this is Ladio Benue to FM Stelio, broadcasting from Makodi Benue State. Now it's time for Bob Murray and the Wearers. <laughs> if you if you know, you know. <laughs> You can't know the truth. Lie number two, serendipity. Casera, Sarah, what will be, will be. Uh, what's that, that song? Lori <laughs> Raw. Yeah, like, it's a lie. It's a lie. They say you can't decide who you fall in love with. Say lie. Say Lori Ro. You said that it's all fixed and none of us can make up our minds. It's not true. It's not true. So fall in love, they say. No, you can actually walk into love. You don't have to fall in love. You can actually walk into love. Walk in. Don't fall. Don't fall. Walk into love. Let it make sense. Let it make sense. Let it make sense. Understand what you are in for. Don't be uh, the ride or die chick. Ask questions along the way. Where are we going? Is there going to be lunch? Uh, are, we, are we together? Are we agreed? Yeah. You can walk into love. You don't have to fall. It can make sense. The person can be aligned with you. You can't say, oh no, a heart loves what it loves. No, the heart lies and is deceitful. So teach your heart to love the right way. Serendipity is a lie. What will be will not be. If you lie down, people will take your rights. <laughs> what will be will not be. <laughs> Some people say, what will come to me, will come to me. Just stay there and watch. <laughs> she says, have truth, but it's a big lie as well. What will be, will not be. Say it out. What will be, will not be. You will discover the treachery of some of these idi idiosyncrasies. They lie to you. And we believe them and we attach them to the word of God. But guess what? They are antithetical to what the word of God says. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. There is a sense in which our repentance unlocks times of refreshing. It's like when you put in something, you get something out. It's not like, it's, it's not like accidental. What you put in is what you get out. There's a difference between a man who prays and a man who doesn't pray. 
All those things that, oh, it's not because I pray, it's not because I give. Like, there's a difference between the man who gives and the man who hoards. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's a difference between the man who works hard for his money, ends it and gives it away, and the person who works hard for his money, ends it and puts it on a can and sits on the can. The Bible says it's for, it's for waste that you gather your treasure and you use it for nothing good. The generations after you will squander it because they didn't work for it. See, when you turn your heart, this place, another translation of this verse says, change the way you think that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Reorder the way you are reassign the way you reason and times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord what you do has power don't ever accept a Christianity that denies your personal responsibility you have a role to play you have something to add to it. You can disagree with the plans of hell over your life. You can agree with what God has designed concerning your life. You can give your consent. Your consent is powerful. What you do, what you add to this journey is beautiful. Don't just come to church, hear the word, do nothing, go back the same. The Bible says you are like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and straight away and goes and forgets what kind of man he is. Let that not that man think he can receive anything from the Lord. My God, serendipity is such a lie. It's not serendipitous. Nothing about your journey is serendipity. Everything is deliberate. A march of the people of God towards God. As you march towards God, the heavens are waiting. The Father is waiting. As you respond to God, God is responding to you. God is replying to you in the same measure that your heart desires. So whenever a song goes, you reply to the song. Say, Lord, here is my response. You have rescued my life and I'm never going back. My response is hallelujah, blessed redeemer. Respond, respond, respond. Serendipity is a lie. Lie number three. Be fearless. Never show weakness. All of these lies came out of this poem by William N.S. Henley. Oprah Winfrey looks people in the eye and says, don't ever cry at work. If you cry, it shows you as a weak person. Don't ever cry. Whatever you do, don't be found crying. Be invincible. It's a stoic mentality that you are the responsible that you have to be strong every day, that you have to be comported, that you have to be put together every day. And many men believe this idea. Never cry, never wince, never fear, never flinch. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but the Holy Spirit is helping you to unlearn some things you've learned wrong. This is an unlearning session. The 
promoted strength. Everyone comes and appears like they are good. Lagos is the spirit of, you know, make believe, fake it until you make it. We all gadged up like, you know, even when they give you official car, they call it status car. Like we want to raise your status. Pastors choose head of departments based on whether they're a GM in their organization. People look by the seeing of the eyes. People judge by the strength on the outside. So you cannot appear weak. You cannot appear like you are someone everyone can walk all over. People ask me, Moses, how do you do it? You seem to care for real. Of course I care for real. Of course I care for real. We live in the antithesis of the laws of the land because if you want to be strong, if you want to be strong, the amount of effort it takes to be strong, my God, the amount of effort it takes to gadge up, the amount of effort it makes you never sleep up. You're always on point. Your fashion is always on point. You don't miss one button out of place. You're always together. If you want to be set, eh, it's going to cost you. 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 And even pastors are trying to promote this as excellence. No. Strength is not necessarily a good thing. Sometimes God will allow you to run out of strength before he begins to walk out in you. Guess how horses are broken. Do you know how horses are broken? How many of you know how to train horses? Oh my God. This church, you guys need to read wider. I'm sure somebody here knows it. Can I tell you how horses are broken? Wild horses. So, many of the horses are raised at home, but in the early days of horse, horse raising, people actually still find horses in the wild, baby horses. And these horses run wild because their parents gave birth to them. So you have to catch one and bring it home and what? Tame, tame it and how do you break it you know what they do they put a rope around this horse and tie it to a tree and put food at the edge of the rope so the horse will see the, the, the food like this or be trying to eat it He will never find that, that grass. The horse will almost starve. When they bring the horse to its edge, it's almost starved. Then they bring it back, give it water, and now try to ride it. Before then, if you touch the back of the horse, it will throw you off and give you a kick. Have you ever heard about the horse kick? It can puncture your, your heart and come out at your back. It's a strong animal. The horse very strong animal. So to train your horse, you have to run it out of its strength. 
over and over again. Then, by the time you do that thing three, four, five times, the horse knows who is boss. The horse only authority understands. After a while, it, you can now talk about love later. But first, authority. Who is the boss? Repeat after me, who is the boss? <laughs> That's how to train a horse. All of the horse strength must be finished before God begins to walk with the horse, with the horse. Before the master begins to walk with the horse. I know many of you are horses. Do you know eh? You're going to have to run out of your strength first. Sometimes the troubles we're going through is actually the trouble of God running out, running us out as horses. This is a very hard message. Most pastors will not tell you, but I'll tell you that some of your troubles come from God. You're too strong, you're too self-willed, you're too autocratic, you're too directed in your own direction, so God will have to wear you out. He will wait for you. He will take a job from you, cause scarcity in your life. He will dry up your business sometimes. He wants, he wants a stake in your life. He wants a stake in your life. Pastor Nigel said he wants your life. God wants all of it. And for some of you, God wants your life. He doesn't want you to have an ordinary life. Haven't you noticed? You try to have an ordinary life, it never works. It never works. So the psalmist said, Lord, I am not like a horse or a mule. Whatever you say, I want to do it. I'm yielded. I'm ready. You don't have to force me. Some of you say it's a lie. I read the book somebody wrote, one of the pastors of the Great Message in Lagos. They said, oh no, God cannot do evil. Try God. Try God. Try God. When he does evil, it's called good in the end. Because it causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. Whatever he's doing in your life, the end result is good. It's good. They said, be brave. Say, bravery is freedom. No, bravery is a great burden. Being strong. Ha. I have to stop here on this topic because it can get me going. It's a message on itself about how to lean on the strength of God rather than on your own understanding. Because we read that scripture and he thinks like, oh, when you think, think about God. No, it actually says lean. It means build your life on God, not on your own understanding. But he said to me, John, no, this scripture is not correct, but the, the quote is correct, but the verse is not correct. So he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Can somebody, Pastor Fred, can you help us find it? Yes, it's a Corinthians scripture. I think it's First Corinthians something. But he said, 2 Corinthians 12, 12, 9. Yes. The scripture is correct. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest on me. Do you know how when you come, you try to make yourself look perfect? 
You try to make yourself look right. You try to make yourself look good to everyone. I was sharing with someone yesterday, I said that if you come to surgery, the first thing about surgery is openness. Let's say somebody broke a bone and they brought the person to the theater and the person is wearing a suit like me. What's the first thing the doctors would normally do? They would tear this. They don't even have time to remove it. They will actually use razor and cut off the jacket because trying to remove it may hurt the person more. So they tear the clothes to get to the injury. The first thing you need to do to an injury is to open it up. Open it up. Before surgery, you need to be opened up. Every closed up person cannot be walked on by the Spirit of God. Every person who is so strong has to be opened up first. So don't be fearless. Be fearful. It's fine to be afraid. All these fearless meetings and all of those things. Be afraid. Be very afraid. The Bible says a fearful thing is to fall into the hands of the living God. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It means, it means trepidation as well. Like you're standing before an almighty God, it's not just only loving fear. You should actually fear this God that He can write your, He can delete your number from the book of life. You know how in school you go to school to the, look the, your math number, your matriculation number is everything. Ha. The, God can delete your math number. Ha. <laughs> like suppose, suppose, like what is this guy talking about? Honestly, this is the gospel truth. He doesn't do it to spite us. He, do it to, he does it to journey with us. He does it to invite us. He does it that truly we belong. We connect to that eternity which he is. Number four lie. You are the captain. And you can do it all by yourself. How many of you have heard this, this speech by famous speakers? No one is coming to save you. No one is coming to deliver you. No one is responsible for your life. The subtle act of not giving an F, right? And if Christians are reading this rubbish, right? It's absolutely stupid, right? Don't read it. Don't read it. Don't pollute your mind. I'm sorry. Don't pollute your mind. That no one is going to come and deliver you. Where do you read that in the Bible? Did you read in the Bible that you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses? <laughs> They're coming for me. Oh. There are many. The Bible says those who are with us are more than those against us. Over and over again, I hear the lie on social media that famous people are pushing. They are lies. That no one is coming to help you. That no one loves you. Of course, there is the whole indolence of the fact that you don't do anything that you can do. That's not what we're talking about. But people have now taken it to a point where it means that, oh, they have no regard, no recourse to no one. They don't listen. Like, guys, especially, my brothers, you have to have somebody you listen to. You have to have somebody you listen to. Bobby was talking the other day about his business mentor. That everything he does, he runs it by. You have to have someone you call. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't be that person. Especially guys, we feel like, who can teach us to love? Who can teach us how to be with our wives? There are people who can teach you. There, there are things I do. Pastor Nigel, call me Pastor Mo. Pastor Mo. I say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Pastor Nigel has called me to order a few times concerning my marriage. I have people I listen to. 
I know he loves me, so if he calls me to order, I will obey him. Do you guys understand? You must have people you listen to. This, if a guy, if a lady brings a guy to me, I'm a father over many daughters. If any one of you brings a guy to me, the first question I ask is, who does this guy listen to? There are people who when their mother speaks, they say, mommy, shut up there. And you want to marry such a person? Like it's wild. It's wild. We must submit ourselves to authority. Do you guys understand this? You are not the captain. You are not the captain. This is what William Ernest Henley had done to the whole world when he began to teach men that they are the captain of their soul and the master of their destiny. You're not the master of your destiny. Can I tell you something? You can't see nada. How many of you know what's going to happen tomorrow morning? How many of you know what's going to happen next year? Do you know we're blind like, like bats? Mr. Bat, somebody called Bat recently. tell you guys something we can't see much you can't see much you don't know much but you can trust your life to the spirit the father of all spirits who can see everything who can see next year who can see your future who can see your children who can do when you are dead and gone he will still be here in charge of things there is a lie the whole world believes that you are the master of your soul and the captain of your destiny that is a lie there's so many lies that have eaten deep into the hearts of men and men are operating by these lies today unlearn these lies in the name of Jesus lay your hands on your head and say father I deliver myself from the opinions of men which they used to chain and blind people in the name of Jesus Christ I deliver myself from lying ideologies and from opinions that don't hold water in the name of Jesus Christ I bring deliverance upon my head I ask oh God that you save me from the lying opinion of men and I may truly believe your word I'm a believe your word your word is power your word is life you are Lord all by yourself you are Lord over my life you you, are, you own me lock stock and barrel you purchase me with a with a promised redemption oh I once was lost but now I'm found I was blind but now by your power I can see I can see Kando Shaluma Rika Toshaya Balunista Kamushila Mandisa Kabo Libra Doshtaya Manambo Hey Shendo Libre Dostamanam Basuya Rabo Libra Makida Basaya Nama Libra Nostaya Bala Amazing Grace how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, was blind, was blind, but now I see. Lift up your hands and say, I can see you. I can see you now. 
can see the love in your eyes laying yourself down raising up the broken till I thank you Father God for causing us to journey oh God it's not all about serendipity it's not all about strength it's not all about us being the captain it's not all about us knowing everything it's not unto us oh god it's not unto us oh god we are subjects of your mercy oh god we are beings under your mighty hand oh god we humble ourselves under your mighty hand oh god we release the, the government of our lives to you oh god we set ourselves at liberty before you oh god yes that we may worship you indeed and we may perish the lies that we believe and run after you with truth and run after you with genuineness in the name of Jesus Christ Amen, Amen, Amen Thank you Father God So many lies were believed but let me stop with these four so you can remember them let's back up a little bit, right? Let's go to number one Number one you can't know the truth say lie Number two what will be, will be lie. Number three, never show weakness. Be fearless. That's also a lie. Some things you do it trembling. Do it trembling. Like my friend Paninga, I'm going to bring it up, testimony. Just a gentleman from Taraba State just mobilizing help in the community where he is every Christmas doing outreaches now he's been offered come and talk about it come and talk about it put your hands together for Paninga so good good morning everyone I never expected this by the way my name is Paninga Mwilia like you rightly said I'm Paninga, from I'm from Tarawa State, and um, yes, I was offered a fully funded PhD to study chemistry in Michigan State University. Did you think this was possible? No, 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 seriously. And even three years ago, I didn't even know why I should be doing this. And that was when the whole community outreach started. I mean, I had clarity from God. In fact, I'm even grateful today that I was not admitted three years ago. I'm grateful that I did not get a job three years ago, even though I graduated with a first-class degree, because if I had, then I would have been in comfort, not knowing that there is a greater cause for everything. And so in that moment, the Lord drew my attention to a number of things. As I had to, to set something very profound, how that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted on top of the mountains and all nations shall flow into it. First Corinthians 4 verse 1 says something very similar, that we are servants of God and stewards of the mysteries of Christ. So what's in us, it's not for us. In the brokenness is the journey 
in the time when God brings you to a place where you, where you lost all hope, something is coming. First class. I didn't even know you had first class. That's actually new information. <laughs> Do you guys understand? There's a journey with every one of you. What is in you is not for you. So long as you continue to live to serve yourself, you will be incapacitated. As you, as you move forward to help and raise other people, God will release new grace in your life in the name of Jesus. As you embrace weakness, God will, God will strengthen you. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so the power of Christ may rest in me. The final one, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are all God's. Your body, your spirit, they all belong to God. So glorify the one who bought you. You are someone's property. It's about, it's about ownership. Say I'm God's property. <laughs> Some of you don't like that word because it means like you're a slave. But this is the best freedom. Freedom is actually about who you belong to. So long as you're still fighting with ownership, you always have that battle, that tussle between you and the Spirit of God. Just agree that you are God's property. Say, I'm God's property. I'm God's property. You own me. Lock, stock, and barrel. And in here is real freedom. So whatever God doesn't want me to do, he's my owner. Whatever he wants me to do, he's my owner. People argue about tithes and offering. Like, you don't know that God doesn't even care about your tithe. He cares about 100% of everything you own. He owns you. So after you give your 10%, he's okay, let, let's look into your wallet. How, many, how much did you give to your mom? How much did you give to your dad? This poor person on your street, what have you done? God, God is actually monitoring the other 90. <laughs> Literally, what he really wants is 100%. Don't be arguing about 10 when he wants 100 He's the one who makes provision for you. He tells you, okay, save this one. We're saving it. One time God told me, we're saving the whole money. 100%. I said, God, we're saving it. He said, yes. I thought, oh, wow. Finally, God is pushing my savings culture. Alas. <laughs> I saved it for one year. Then one day, one project emerged. And God says, eh, eh, this is a project for which the 100%. Like use your other money. This money came all of a sudden. Sometimes when a lot of money comes to your hand, you have to ask, God, what is this for? You have to ask, especially the ones that come in a book, you have to ask God, what is this for? Sometimes God wants to block a hole that has been shame over you. God wants to cover you from the rain. God wants to preserve your legacy. God is interested in your investment. He's not just here to take, take, take. Is interested in balancing you so the man of God will be perfected. God is interested in the total, in health, in wellness. God is not just asking for some change. Offering time, some of you look for the dirtiest 500 naira note that's like, the Bible says, will you give that to your king on earth? Will you give that to your friend when you invite them to lunch? I don't teach about money. But honestly, if you give sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you give abundantly, 
you give with joy, the people who will be giving to you will be giving to you with joy as well. You give with joy. When you give, rejoice first. Dance. Forgive. When it's time to, to give offering, dance unto the Lord. Like God, what an opportunity, what a privilege that a man can give to God. Wow. Do you understand? Dance. Rejoice. You're not all alone. God is involved in the journey of your life. This is my introduction. So now let's go into jars of clay. So the summary of all these things is these four things. These are, these are the William N.S. Henley lies that the whole world has drank. I'm sorry, he was a mad philosopher, but I don't, have it, I don't give him any credit. I give him the same credit as I, as I will give to Richard Dawkins, the God Delusion, and you know, Steve, Dawkins, Steve or Richard Dawkins. The God Delusion. Who has read The God Delusion? My gosh, nobody here. Oh, wow. So me, like, I thought I don't read much, oh. Hi. Okay, let's go on. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. We are common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. We are clay jars. So God made us from mud. He is the potter. He shaped us. But then he didn't leave us as clay jars. He poured something on the inside of us said there's something inside me online audience say there's something inside me there's something inside you some of you are not saying see there's something inside me see I believe that there's something inside me so I carry something say I carry something oh people say I carry something I have the life of God I have the inheritance of God on the inside of me. I carry life. I carry treasure. I carry beauty. I carry power. I carry authority. I carry the atmosphere of God. I carry the knowledge of the divine. I have the life of God in me. I have the fullness of God in me. I'm not ordinary. I am extraordinary. The grace of God flows through me. The word of God flows through my... Say it. Say it to yourself, guys. Let's say Everybody here is not speaking. Say it, say it, say it like I have. I have. I carry God. I know Him whom I believed. I'm not ordinary. His grace is not in vain in my life. I know the grace of God is available for me. I have this treasure in jars of clay. It may look like I'm broken on the outside, but on the inside of me, there is something beautiful on the inside of me. His power, His life, His authority, is the fullness 
jars of God. I carry treasure in jars of clay. On the outside, when men see me, they think I'm just all clay, but they don't know that on the inside of me is this treasure. This treasure is in earthen vessels. It confuses men. When they see me, the output of my life is so much glory. The output of my life is immeasurable. There's power on the inside of me that is not my power. It's the power of the infilling. The glory of God comes on my inside and He fills me to the overflow so that I know Him who I believed. I know Him who strengthens me. I know Him with whom I stand. My God is on the inside of me. The disciples looked at the blind, blind man by the gate called beautiful and they said silver and gold have we none but such as we have such as we have do you know you have something the devil will lie to you and tell you that you are all bad no 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 you may be jars of clay but you are not bad the design of God is not bad the design of God is not bad you are not bad trying to be redeemed you are actually containing gold on the inside but this gold is covered by rubbish have you ever seen gold buried in the ground back in those days, people buried treasure in their yard how many of you watch those documentaries about people who find treasure right you see like oh yeah come on finally i find somebody who does what i do oh my god i asked this book nobody read it i'm like are you guys in this world only Naira Legosians are looking for. If I say, oh, who knows how to find Naira? All of you guys raise up your hand. And you have to have something else you do, right? <laughs> now, these treasure hunters, right? They go and look for treasure. What happens when they find treasure that was of great price before? Does the price depreciate or does he appreciate? He appreciates. The fact that the treasure is buried and is dusty now does not mean that it has no value. The fact that you look dusty, the devil will put mental health pressure on you. The devil will put sickness in your body. The devil will put problems in your life. The fact that you have all these problems doesn't mean that you don't have value. Say, I have value. You have treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. This treasure, look at what the next verse says happens to us. Let's read this together. One, two, go every side yet not crushed we are perplexed but not in despair we are persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed my god what kind of god runs his campus like this the people who he gives treasure to look at what will happen to them hard pressed it's not easy now to be hard pressed on every side. Like wherever you turn, there is no way. But when he's just hard pressed, there's no regal room. But you're not crushed. You're still alive. We're perplexed. That's like you don't know what to do. But you don't have despair. Inside you, there's a peace. <laughs> like why do I have peace in this kind of thing that is happening? <laughs> you, are, you are persecuted. People persecute you. People will rise up to persecute you, but there will other people who will come up and say, oh no, you are ours. You belong to us. Even though they are persecuting you, you are good with us. Come, come on. So you actually always have people you can turn to even when you are persecuted. 
Because there will be people who have not abandoned you in your worst persecution. You're persecuted, but not abandoned. You're not abandoned. The devil will lie to you that you're abandoned. That's a lie. You are not abandoned. Look around, you see, you see corners of beauty. Look around, you see people who value you. Look around you, you see people who treasure you. Look a little bit. Don't just lock the door. You are not, you are not forsaken. You're struck, the worst is struck down. It means that, struck down means that what you used to do before, you can't do it again. The level where you were before, struck down. You can see the kind of strong language this scripture uses. Struck down. My God. I don't want to ever be struck down. How many of you want to be struck down? Not me. The only thing God reserves is that destruction. They can't destroy you. They can strike you down, but they can't destroy you. Say amen. amen. And this is all for fragile clay pots that all these things happening to. You see why sometimes it feels like ah, we're dying. Somebody say, can, can I not, Pastor, can I not pray for two weeks? Can I just take holiday? The most important thing in your life will be rhythm. Say rhythm. That's what the devil comes for. Because if you lose your rhythm, guess what happens? You have to fight to come back to where you used to be. Everything is designed to take away your rhythm. Pray today. Don't pray again until next month. By the time you come back, prayer, Odiro easy. It becomes labor. Do you understand? The next meeting, skip it. No, fight for rhythm. Fight for rhythm. Fight for rhythm. Tell someone, this time for you to preach to someone. Say, my brother, my sister, I just want to tell you to keep rhythm. Keep rhythm. Keep the beat. Don't miss the beat. Keep rhythm. Everything the devil is doing in your life is designed to take away that rhythm from you. So that somehow, somehow, you will not be, you will not have that ability to keep on staying, to keep on staying, to keep on building. So when you come back, you need more labor. After a while, many people give it up altogether. They give up the journey. They forget about it. I can't do this thing. It's too hard. Why? Because you lost rhythm. Keep the rhythm. Keep the rhythm. We are not destroyed. Let's read this scripture again one more time. Shout it out. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. We know the reality of the blood of Christ that was shed. We understand the reality of that blood. We carry that blood. We carry the death of Christ. We carry the death of Christ. So his life is born in us. 
I'm speaking to someone today. This message, sometimes my message is not for everybody. It's for people who understand travesty. It's for people who understand contention. It's for people who are going through difficult patch and they feel like God has abandoned them. You are not destroyed. You are not, you are not, you are not struck down. You are struck down but not destroyed. Oh my goodness. It's not all over for you, says the Spirit of God. You are hard pressed, but you are not crushed. You are perplexed, but not in despair. You are persecuted, but not forsaken. You are struck down, but not destroyed. Say amen. How does this happen? Let's look at three ways. Very quick. Number one, accept the frailty of the verse. That's what this verse 10 is saying. Verse 10 says, always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. Accept that, okay, this body, if I allow this body, it's going to rohi. So when I preach, I'm an Igbo man. Every time I preach, and my, all my examples are Igbo. My yab is against the Igbos. My laugh is for the Igbos. Do you understand? I don't know why it happens that way. But I'm not, not Igbo in reality. Just only when I'm preaching that I'm Igbo. So, an Igbo spirit come up, an Igbo spirit come upon me. <laughs> Sorry. This is actually a joke. And all of you guys always miss my jokes. <laughs> okay, this time I tried a little because people, a few people laugh. But normally most people just like, what? Igbo spirit? Like, really? He has possession? <laughs> <laughs> three ways to overcome. Accept that your vessel is frail. Then focus on the value that has been poured in. Set your attention on what God poured in and keep that flow. Keep the flow of what's poured inside of you. How do you keep the flow of what's poured inside of you? By the word of God. By prayer. You know how you know the word of God? By reading it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Faith goes by not hearing, not hearing the word. Or faith goes by hearing the words of other people. Like William N.S. Henley. You go into stoicism and you start chasing it, you try acting strong. You start setting up Invictus game, Invictus movie, Invictus I'm strong, I can do it, a woman can do it, a woman, if a man can do it, a woman can do it, if a, if a boy can do it, a girl can do it, if a girl can do it, a baby can do it, if a baby can do it, an animal can do it. You just start setting up all these kind of things, like all types of confusion in the world. That's where many movements started from. Many movements are useless. As a, as a Christian, the biggest thing is not feminism. The biggest thing is not men, men liberation. All human beings are under the bondage of the devil. The devil breaks men and the men in turn breaks women. You want redemption? You can never do redemption by demonstration. Redemption is born by transformation. You have to change the spirits of the men who are breaking people. If you change their spirits, they won't break people again. That's, that's the end of that breaking. So your movement cannot transform people, then it's not a movement indeed. That's why the biggest and the best movement is the movement of the body of Christ. 
There's so many people who left Nigeria to go and join movements in America. One guy wrote a book, How to Win Elections in Africa. And he went to Harvard. And Harvard told him that, no, that's not the important thing. He has to do joint master class. Came back to Nigeria and started doing joint master classes. Let's all be broken together. Okay, how did you move from how to win elections in Africa, such a noble, or, 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 such an elevated view of nation building, into how to be broken together? Sometimes Harvard will exchange your glory for dust. They give you dust, that kind of dust agenda, and go into the world. Excuse me if you know this guy. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Focus on the value poured into the vessel. There is beauty in every soul. Every person God created. God never made anybody as a waste. There's value inside you. There's some people, when I see in front of people, I see potential. I see what God wants to do. The only limitation is that they only embrace the frailty of the vessel. Don't stop there. Look at this scripture we read. It said, carrying in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus. <laughs> the frailty of our Lord Jesus Christ, but it doesn't stop there. So that what? The life of Jesus may also be manifested. Let the life of Jesus be manifested. Let the life of Jesus be manifested. Let the life of Jesus be manifested. I don't know who I'm speaking to and I don't know whose old register I'm tearing up. Let the life of Jesus be manifested. Amen. Amen. And then when this happens, you receive the ability to heal, to purify, and to elevate the value. So this is actually what we are. This is it, the diagram that summarizes this message. Yeah? So... This is what we are, right? We are what? Fragile clay jars. And God does what? He pours in us treasure, like gold, like value, like diamonds. God pours treasure in us. And what happens as the outcome? Excellence of the glory and the power is of God and not of us. Amen. That's how to build up the glory of God. You wonder, how can I become this treasure? How can I walk on the treasure? This is actually how to allow. Most of your job is to allow. Most of your job is to permit yourself to, for the treasure to be poured in you. Most of your job is not to say I'm strong and to pick up yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is a quote I read two years ago. I wrote two years ago. Oh, no. I wrote this quote on the day that Ecclesia Hill started. This is an opening poem about our mission. And this is the last part. It was not a bed of roses. The lofty man fell down to the dunghill of the earth. All the way down to the bottom of the full chain. Now with the pigs, with the dirty now with the disinherited he toiled but God did not leave him there forever the royal banisters of heaven sent Jesus Christ not just to pay for sin but to restore what man was before the fall recognition is the first step 
of God's restoration. The man or woman who follows Christ, to them is given to see the mirage of present suffering. To them is future glory presented. To them, divine romance is restored. God is on a restoration project. You have this fragility, but that's not all that there is to you. You have this brokenness, but that's not everything. God is here to build you back better. God is here to restore you to who you were before you were created. What God created was not bad. The Bible says all that God made was good. Sometimes we feel like man is evil. No, man is not evil. The Bible says a good man planted good good seed in his house. When he came, he saw that tears was there. Then they asked him, what happened, master? He said, while men slept, an enemy planted tears. Do you guys understand? You're good. You're a good vessel. Say, I'm a good vessel. If the devil wants to lie to you, he will tell you an evil vessel. No, you're not evil. Even people who do evil are not evil. Evil is foisted on them. You're a good vessel. And when God comes, guess what he comes to do? Restore what was there before. The perfection which he created. How many of you have, have, talk, have talked about, have heard about stolen innocence? A little girl who is raped, a little boy who is exposed to drugs, is called what? Stolen innocence. What God created was perfect. Where did corruption come from? You may be fragile, but you're not bad. You just don't have the ability to sustain life by yourself. You need God. You need God. And that's our message for today. That the grace of God is available for all men. And the power of God is available for all clay jars. And it doesn't matter where you came from or how it was at the beginning. But the glory of God is more than enough for you. Let us pray. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 